have a huge appetite for success. Be hungry. Because if you get content very easily, you won't push yourself to the limits and even go beyond the limits and actually see how far you can go because then you know how far you can go truly. Surround yourself with people who have scars, not physically, but actually (laughs) can show for themselves that they understand what it's like to be in the trenches. I find it hilarious when uh, we're talking to investment firms and the associate or the partner or, uh, you know, the analyst has never built a company in their life. That conversation ends immediately. In fact, I t- I'll tell them to their face, quit your job and go build a company and don't talk to a founder that's building a company until you've done exactly that, found a company. Boss Uncaged is a bi-weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners as they become uncaged trailblazers unconventional thinkers, untethered trendsetters, and unstoppable tycoons. We always hear about overnight success stories, never knowing that it took 20 years to become a reality. Our host, S.A. Grant, conducts narrative accounts through the voices and stories behind Uncaged Bosses. In each episode, guests from a wide range of backgrounds sharing diverse business insights. Learn how to release your primal success through words of wisdom from inspirational entrepreneurs and industry experts as they depict who they are, how they juggle their work life with family life, their successful habits, business expertise, tools, and tips of their trade. Release the uncaged boss beast in you. Welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. On today's show, we have Arjun Rai. Now, this guy is not the average CEO or or executive. Um, The way we came to be in the same place at the same time was I was sending his customer support, a random ticket about something, and then he followed up with an answer. So that by itself kind of caught me off guard. And I was like, hold up, this is like the CEO, the founder of the company that's responding. So I did a little research, looked into his background, and I said, you know, what the hell do I have to lose? Let me reach out to this guy and see if I can get him on the show. And sure as hell, he accepted it. And here he is, man. I mean, so why don't you give our guests a little bit of I mean, who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's, it's always a pleasure to be on a podcast and uh being able to not only talk about your background, but try to find out how you can help other entrepreneurs that are just like you, founders, small business owners, and how what I am about to share will add value to your life. So I'm definitely looking forward to you know making sure that that's true. My background, you know, started very young. I would say I started my first uh, endeavor into the entrepreneurial journey back when I was 16, 17 uh, with an ad network. Then subsequently. I uh, came to New York, uh, ended up convincing the dean of the university I went to to give me one year of uh, enough, ca- you know, enough full ride, enough scholarships and grants to cover the first year. And then he ended up giving me uh, more for the next two years as well. But while running that, I had to, you know, obviously pay the bills. Uh, I was living off $950, $900 a month in, uh, you know, a budget. So I ended up launching an agency that focused on social media marketing. And uh, by way of that, being a small business, working with clients in Europe and even here in New York, uh, quickly figured out that collaborating with other individuals is not uh, streamlined or intuitive or creative at all. And so I ended up raising about a little under 100K to build out an MVP from some very notable angel investors here in New York, including the first investors in Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. And then 
quickly raise another 900k or so by the end of my senior year, so in total about a million. And uh, what we were building is essentially, if you can imagine, Microsoft Project combined with Iron Man, where you can actually navigate and see people who are working on your project. You can you know pinch them together. You can swipe files to people. Um, you drag people into projects. It's a very intuitive visual software, almost like moving chess pieces on a board. Unfortunately, we were too early for our, for our own good. We were expecting touchscreens would become bigger and cheaper, which they did two years after we ran out of the cash. And so that was one of my first experiences of failure and learning from building a venture-backed company, the things uh, you should be focusing on versus not, how do you build a streamlined engineering team versus not you know, building a product, an MVP, and getting out of the door in the customer's hands versus trying to nitpick the, all the fine details and you know, trying to uh, perfect everything until you actually get it out the door. So I learned a lot. Within a couple of months of that, I decided to focus on another pain in the A asterisk asterisk. That was uh, social media marketing. Social media marketing was not intuitive, not creative at all, like much like the on the product management side. And we were looking at tools which were, you know, obviously we have a lot of respect for some of these tools like Hootsuite, and I can obviously go ahead and share my screen. Hootsuite, we know the founder, tremendous amount of respect for them, but it's very non-creative. It's very much like Microsoft Project. And it doesn't really give you the data science or the artificial intelligence fit, you know, let you know, was it a copy that's doing really well for you? Is it the emojis, the images, the spacing? As you know, images are very important you know, when you're posting Instagram. None of that data is given to you, but it's affordable. If you're running a coffee shop and you want to compete with the Starbucks of the world, this is all we can afford. But now when you take a look at tools, which are obviously a little bit more capable, like Radiant 6, which is now Marketing Cloud, you then get more data, you get a lot more sentiment analysis, but now you feel like you need a PhD to take this information and then become a better marketer. And by the way, this is a monitoring tool. It doesn't even schedule for you. It doesn't execute for you. It doesn't help you create the content or curate the content. And a $100,000 price point, some of their competitors are at $50,000 or $30,000. You and I would never pay for something like this. So what we wanted to build, and we can go ahead and you know, uh, give a demo as well, is something that is a lot more intuitive and a lot more simpler and color-driven and has a lot of data science. So anyway, that was my background and you know where we are today. Got it. So, I mean, you're going into Hello Wolfie and just to kind of give the audience a little bit more detail of, of Hello Wolfie and what the functionality of it is and how they can use it today to help them move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, content is king. At the end of the day, if you're not writing content, you're missing out. And the only thing that's holding you back is one, your time and B, your time and C, the amount of money you want to spend on creating you know, content within the time you have. The fourth thing is, D, you don't have the means to figure out, uh, based on data, what will actually do really well versus not do so well. If you're making a trade in the stock market, you're probably looking at historic 52-week lows and highs and metrics on the company, the balance sheets and all that. How do you do that with content? Well, that's kind of where we're coming in is, for example, if I'm creating content, I say, you know, I love you. Obviously, you know, we love you. But if I want to say I love coffee... I can go ahead and type that in and you can see that it was auto-completing the words and sentences for me. Then I can see the emojis that will work well with what I've typed in so far. Uh, of course, these are other emojis that tend to do really well with the emojis that I've already chosen and the words I've chosen already. And the reason why we do that and the focus on that is because Adobe, several months ago, under a year ago actually, came out with a report that said emojis tend to drive double-digit uplifts and engagement. 
Hmm. And we're not talking 11 or 12%. We're talking in the 20s and the 50, you know, uplifts in engagement. In email, we're seeing over 120% uplift in open rates when you use the right emojis. Now, there is a law of diminishing return. And, you know, you want to be careful with not adding too many bells and whistles. But uh, the fact of the matter is there are 3,000 emojis. How do you actually figure out which ones are the most relevant to what you're typing? In fact, one step further, we are now looking based on the blips you see on the screen which emojis are actually doing really well in terms of popularity, which ones are being used in real time. As you can see, the, top, the ones on the top left are being used in real time and you know, based on the blips themselves. And so now you can go ahead and say, oh, I actually like, the, you know, I like this emoji and I can go ahead and you know, paste that in and use that immediately. Or if you want to do it the old school way and go through the entire keyboard, you can do that as well. But I'll tell you right now, there are 3,000 emojis. You do yeah. not want to do this for all the 1,000 posts you want to come up with in under a week. And of course, based on that, if you click the purple bulb, you'll then see recommendations for images, which are copyright free that you can use for the purposes of posting this image with. And you can be sure that you won't get in trouble because of copyright. Most businesses, they think they can Google image everything. They can find images on the online and take the image. But you don't realize that that majority of the images are actually copyrighted and you cannot do that. In our case, we'll give you suggestions for free copyright free images and soon premium content. Uh, as well. And here you go. You have a fully optimized post and you're ready to go. And if you speak another language, great. You can go ahead and translate this into any other language as well. For example, I speak French. Uh, minor formatting issue there. And there you go. J'adore le café. Hmm. Got it. I mean, that's definitely interesting. I mean, I, I guess another question is a little bit more about how did you even start? I mean, you said you started off as a kid. I mean, were your parents involved in coding and development? Were they yeah. uh, entrepreneurs? I mean, how did you actually dive into this space? Definitely my mom was entrepreneurial. She just passed away a couple of months ago, uh, just prior to our launch of the company product. But I would say she was definitely very entrepreneurial. She was after my dad from the get-go to, you know, apply to whatever, you know, programs she ha- he had to to get to the U.S. I immigrated when I was four or five years old with, with my mom uh, and my dad uh, had come in just a month before that. I definitely think that she had a great eye for design. Um, she decorated the apartment, you know, the, our house, you know, very, uh, very well. And, and I always learn about taste and making sure that things look good things, you know, you do things with passion and you do things with uh, an immense attention to detail. So I do over that on the, my dad's side he is an engineer. He is a software developer today. He does more architecture and project management stuff, but, uh, you know, the combined, it was very interesting. We were moving around every six months, you know, because of my dad's job. And the fact that he had a green card and then eventually we got a U.S. citizenship. But the point of the matter is we were almost nomads and we kind of had to figure things out. We were the typical immigrant family and, you know, trying to figure things out and make it in, New York, in, in the U.S. For me, I kind of took that mentality and I tried to make it in New York. And everything I've done, building products, you know, raising capital, all of that has been basically there's no, not there's you can't go back. You can only move forward. And the hustle and the grind is real when you're, when you're building something with very little capital, in some cases, no capital. Mm-hmm. You have to negotiate. You got to make people believe to do things for you for free or deferred costs. It definitely takes a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely sorry to hear about your mom, but it seems like she influenced you a lot from growing up to get you to where you are currently right now. Would that be a true statement? Yeah, and she actually launched a skincare company of her own. Did not want me to do my first company. She thought it was uh, definitely I should focus on school. I should get my MBA. I should you know you know get married you know at thirty mm-hmm. and you know do whatever I need to after all that. So we always clashed on that point. I was always like you know I need to do this now, and I wanted you know I was very much influenced by a lot of teen entrepreneurs on a show called The Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch. 
Hmm. No longer around, but that was definitely one of my first shows that inspired me. Then, of course, the Shark Tank. Shark Tank's been running Mm -hmm. for well over a decade now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, we always hear about the the 20 years it takes for somebody to become a success story, and it seems Mm -hmm. like it's an overnight success. And, you know, you just said you pretty much just launched um, Hello Wolfie. That's pretty much an automated platform to help social media and to help delivery of content. How long did it take you to get to the point to where you actually established a launch? And you can probably go into a little bit of, you know, raising capital. And that's one of the biggest things most entrepreneurs, they don't really comprehend on, you know, how to do an equity raise. Yeah. And talking about raising capital, we're actually raising capital right now on Republic, which is an equity crowdfunding element. Mm -hmm. That means is that anyone, not just accredited investors, can use the new regulatory uh, changes in raising capital um, to their advantage. What that means is you can invest as low as 100 bucks, depending on your income. Anyone can do it. We've been able to raise about 180, you know, 81,000, a little over that. We're also going to be on a TV show in two days called Meet the Drapers. Nice. Which is uh, the Draper family, the you know Tim Draper, the billionaire investor. So it's been interesting. Initially, I was able to raise capital from a fund called 1517. We were founded by you know individuals who ran the Field Foundation, and the Field Foundation you know came after me, obviously, to join when I was 19. Unfortunately, we spoke three weeks later when it was my birthday, or I think two days after my birthday, and I was 20. I was disqualified, but one of the partners followed me, and you know we stayed in touch over the years. And you know, seven years later, they ended up investing in my company. Nice. When they left, just you know, build their own venture capital firm. And then uh, one thing led to the other, raised a little bit more capital from an accelerator, and then ended up, you know, having to pivot a little bit, you know, had to let go of my co-founder, had to let go of our CTO about a year and a half ago, and pretty much start from scratch, the product, the team, the culture, everything, the business plan, all of it had to be started. And we only had $12,000 left in the bank. So it's interesting how with 12000 I was somehow able to f- figure out, get a full-time job all the capital from all the salary into the company, you know, max out my credit cards, max out my savings and get to this point where we're about to do, we're projecting $90,000 by the end of next month since launching in December. That's nice. I mean, that's, that's definitely, I wouldn't say a rags to riches, but it's a reality that can happen to any entrepreneur if they knuckle down and, and put the time into it. So looking from an entrepreneurial standpoint, if I wanted to just start a random plugin or I wanted to start some kind of software yeah. I mean, what kind of equity are you looking to put into that? I mean, how much do you really need to start something like that from the ground up? I mean, for a plugin or a simple app, you know, I would say allocate at least 10000 2000 3000 for the MVP, a few more thousand dollars for the legal side of things, you know, a couple thousand hundred dollars for the marketing side, graphic design, copywriting, getting a website up and running. Um, and then you want a little bit of cushion at the end. So I would say if you can get five grand, you're good to go. And you would probably want a little bit more cushion to get to the 10K mark. But that's just your MVP. You want to put that out there as soon as possible. And I mean, literally, the the second after it's done and it's good enough, put it out on the market, get people to use it, get feedback, use something like Zendesk to get all the ticketing information, get all the feedback into a very structured way, and then use that to then raise capital off. Because then you have two things. You have a product and you have traction, which means... Uh, investors are looking for, uh, to see how people are using it and if they can invest capital into, you know, basically if they add fuel to the flame. And if they can see that and you have metrics to show that, you can then raise capital, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions, depending on your product and the market you're going after. Hmm. So the first thing I would say is get on a Fiverr, get on an Upwork, find those people internationally and start talking and come up with a brief, 
come up with the features you want. If you're not technical, draw it out, you know, sketch it out in Illustrator. Try to be as detailed as possible, almost like you're building a house. Define the room, define the door, define the nuts and bolts that are going into that door. Define everything so that the developer doesn't have to wonder how you want this because they don't know what you want. They only see the blueprint. So build the blueprint immediately. I mean, that's definitely some great insight. I mean, just, just by, by the way you're defining it. And that's the next question I was going to have for you is, you know, yeah. I work with a lot of outsourcers, right? I have outsourcers from everywhere from U.S. base all the way over to Africa, China, and yeah. everything else in between. So the fact that you said, you know, to use these people, I think it's a great segue to understanding yeah. What kind of services should someone look for? I mean, are we looking for an application developer? Are we looking for a program developer? I mean, what what are we looking for? I mean, let's say I'm brand new. I have no idea. I have this concept. I work for somebody. I'm trying to figure out my next steps, and I have no clue of what even this person's title would be or how I even search for them. Yeah. So one of the things I always believe in is having the right kind of people around you to cover your weaknesses. You know your strengths, but most people ignore their weaknesses, which is not a good thing. So if you're not technically adept at, you know, in terms of speaking the language and whatnot, first of all, you should probably take an introductory course. There are a bunch of free ones. If you're a woman, it's even better because a lot of schools will actually give you deferred tuition to actually do an entire course and nice. you don't have to pay for it until you get a job or raise capital or, or whatnot, um, which is really good for empowering women to get into our, into the technology field. But once you do that, once you surround the people, you surround yourself with the right people, ask them for a job description of how, you know what they use when they started you you know, get those people on your advisory board, give them some equity, um, promise them some equity if you haven't formed legally itself. But you want to make sure that those people are giving you uh, mentorship and advice and that they're good people uh, who have incentives aligned with yours. Uh, once you know exactly where to put the walls, when you know exactly where to put the windows, because they're you know obviously telling you based on their experience, then you can go ahead and take that drawing or mock-up or a sketch uh, and rendering and put it on Upwork and Fiverr and start finding people. You're talking about a plugin. You probably are talking about a WordPress plugin, which will require a PHP developer. You'll probably want someone with, you know, WordPress plugin experience that can, you know, obviously has experience putting, uh, you know, plugins into the WordPress store. If you're talking about an, uh, you know, an Apple, you know, uh, an Apple uh, application, you probably want someone who has iOS development experience, specifically in Swift, which is a programming language. You know, if you're looking for an Android developer, you probably want someone with Java experience and Android SDK experience. So, a lot of these platforms, when you start typing, and they kind of give you nudges to figure out what you need as hmm. well. So, again, surround yourself with the right people, and they'll teach you. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a beautiful tidbit. Uh, a little bit back on your personal side. I mean, I think like you're younger than 30 years old, right? You got all these things going on. You're yeah. building equity. You're building company. It's not in one company. It's multiple companies, multiple facets. How do you juggle that in your personal and your family life? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I'm definitely a workaholic. Uh, you know, I get up as soon as 6.30, 7 o'clock. Sometimes I wake up multiple times at night and I'm talking to my developers who are based in Ukraine and India and Pakistan. Um, to, you know, trying to make sure that they're, you know, they have no questions or they're, you know, on, on, on task and uh, getting, you know, getting a uh, product out the door as soon as possible. So uh, definitely, definitely I'm a workaholic. I should probably be working on my sleep habits. But uh, when it comes to the personal side, I definitely have a girlfriend that is very patient and very supportive, incredibly supportive. It's like she put in a few thousand dollars when we needed to meet payroll and she was very incredibly supportive as well throughout the entire 
history of the company. That's major. And uh, we live together and, you know, we've allocated Thursday nights to be our date nights. Um, so I try to make sure that I don't encroach upon that. There have been moments where I was like, I, I do need to take a client call and she was very supportive of that. But, you know, I usually will stay away from Thursday evening, uh, which is today, Thursday evening client calls. But, you know, you will find me on a client call maybe every other evening on the weekends, you know, in the mornings. I have an investor call this Saturday, nine o'clock in the morning for an hour and a half. So you have to use calendars and you have to use tools like Calendly, you know, that can set up all automatically your schedules. I mean, I think I sent you a Calendly link for this uh, call, you know, this setup as well. You have to automate so much, you know, every aspect of communications, because if you don't have good communications and you don't have good scheduling, that's when you have issues. And we're not talking Mm -hmm. about just scheduling issues. You have relationship issues because if you don't communicate properly if you don't schedule properly and you're not showing up on time and or you know things of that nature you're kind of holding yourself back mm-hmm. from doing really well in business and in your personal life so actually it's ever since we met uh, in terms of my girlfriend i every date was on the calendar i sent her a calendar nice. invite for the first date and if she sent me it for the second date and we you know we kept at it because you know she's an incredible technical recruiter and for startups and you know she needed that as well because she works pretty much around the clock as well. Um, juggling, you got to use tools. You got to use technology. Get technology to take away the grunt work. I mean, this is a social media platform that takes away the grunt work in that regards. Find technology to take away the grunt work in other regards so that you can focus on what you're good at. Yeah, I mean that's definitely the funny thing is I think currently right now what's going on in the world I think a lot of people are starting to not just feed into that but they're starting to take action on that and I think people yeah. like us that's been on in media that's been in marketing that's been kind of behind the scenes touching and feeling and in, in, in this space for so long we've been preaching it and now it, it's everyone's reality by force and it kind of gives them yeah. opportunity to kind of learn a lot faster than it took us to kind of learn what we were doing and still struggling to market and build and develop and now in yep. today's world it's completely different Yep, absolutely. And where you thought you would be in five years, you're going to have to be there tomorrow. In fact, if you're not going to be there tomorrow, you kind of should have been there last week. Do not hesitate. Invest. Invest now. Live the long-term game. Hmm. Grant Cardone always says, you know, if you don't have the capital, get it on credit. Uh, Obviously, talk to your financial advisor. I'm not giving you financial advice here. But invest now and find the means to get ahead of your competitor. The person who hesitates and the person who thinks that they can get, you know, they'll wait until all of this is over is several months behind. Because think about it. Some of the best companies historically have always been built in a downturn. Always. <laughs> we're seeing day over day revenue increases right now because we were we were catering to small businesses working from home, you know, mm. digital businesses, freelancers, coaches, you know, Facebook group admins, uh, many of whom are affiliates. We were catering to them anyways. And now everyone is working from remotely. Everyone's an online business. And if they're not, you're kind of getting forced into that. And so we're actually more validated now than ever before. I would think, you know, it's safe to assume that your equity raise is going to be pretty solid at this point in time because the world needs you probably more now than ever. And going into the space that there are competitors, but I think you have a really core niche that kind of gives it a different look and a different feel and a younger set of eyes on it, right? Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, uh, just to your point on freelancers and finding resources, I mean, we built this site roughly between three to $5,000. Of course, Hmm. I think it's really three to $4,000. That includes video editing, graphics, copywriting, customization, adding different plugins, all the backend stuff, all the analytics, all of the minor changes mm-hmm. on the backend as well. It would have cost you well over $50,000 at oh, an easily. agency in New York or in LA or wherever, you know, even in the UK 
you have to take advantage of these tools, freelancer.com, Fiverr, Upwork. There are people who are hungry to work with you and they would really want to work with you because you're working on maybe perhaps something very in, in, in a very cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Let them in, show them what you're working on. Don't worry about NDAs and all of that BS, especially if with an investor, do not even present an NDA. That is a sure shot way of you know ending that conversation immediately. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's all about execution. If you can out-execute someone else, mm-hmm. you are better than millions of other people who are not even getting started with the first step. Yeah, I mean, I think being that that you're so young, it's just it gives me an opportunity to kind of let people know that you know I always say it doesn't matter if you're 16 or if you're 65 yeah. and you're and you're retiring. Yeah. And once you get it and that awakening moment happens and it becomes a reality and you know what you're doing and you're effective yeah. with it then the sky's the limit at that point in time. And for some people, it happens in their 50s. Some people, it happens, like, you know, your case, you said you happened when you were eight, right? So the reality is, is once it happens, you have to own it and run with it. Don't ignore it. Don't stick it under the rug. Face yeah. the reality of it and run towards it. And I would even argue is the sky's not the limit anymore. If you take a look at what Elon's oh, yeah, doing, oh, yeah, what yeah. <laughs> France is doing, I mean, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd and a Star Trek uh, or yeah, Trekkie. Yeah. It's, it's so inspiring. I mean, from a very young age, I grew up on Star Trek. You know, I talk about surrounding yourself with people. I will also tell you, surround yourself with the right content, whether that's the the news you read or the news you shouldn't be reading or the shows you're watching or the shows you shouldn't be watching. Mm -hmm. Inspiration can come from multiple ways. We were, my girlfriend and I were watching a movie yesterday called Good Deeds. um, And uh, it was about, you know, someone who was successful following their dreams. Unfortunately, in in the first half of the movie, they were not following their dreams, but eventually they did. And it movies like that will inspire you. You know, we watched ha- Pursue Happiness probably mm-hmm. for the 50th time last night again. And it inspires me every single time. It brings tears to my eyes every single time. Surround yeah. yourself with the right resources. And that could be from nine to, you know, in all aspects of your life. Yeah, I mean, that's beautiful insight. Beautiful insight. Next question I'm thinking about asking you, and it's, it's like, you know, it's funny because like, you know, when you do a podcast, you have all these questions and it's like, every time you say something, it like, it takes me down this fork, takes me down another fork. And I'm trying to say, well, which next question should I ask? And which one should I ask yeah. later? So I'm just trying to keep a mental note of all, all the questions that I want to ask you before, before this episode is done. Um, another personal one is like, what's your morning habits? And you said earlier, sometimes you wake up at six, six thirty, seven o'clock, you know, you wake yeah. up essentially pretty early, but what yeah. does your morning routines look like? Once you wake up, what's the first five or six things that you do every single morning? I want to say I have breakfast and eat and make coffee or whatnot, but actually the first thing I do as soon as I get out of the bed, I just jump on a call. <laughs> and, um, like as soon as I do it, you know, I'm in my, well, I might be in my pajamas or in my boxers. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. You know, the first priority is getting to the client and getting their questions answered, getting on the call with the development team, um, you know, the product team, the graphic designer, making sure that they have everything they need to be successful for the day. Once that's done, then I go into the kitchen, make a little bit of breakfast for myself and my girlfriend, make coffee and uh, take care of myself. You'll probably be doing it the other way around, but the way founders work, obviously, uh, at least the ones who really want to get somewhere, is that you really have to, for a couple of years, just be away from everyone else, just focus on your business and put it, you know, as a first priority or at least a second priority. Then once it's stabilized and once it's, you know, on its way up in terms of trajectory and success, then you can take a little bit of a step back. But right now it requires 200% of me. And so the first thing I do is, is jump on a call and, and make sure that my people have, or my customers, potential customers have what they need to, you know, make sure that they're successful. 
<laughs> I mean, it's interesting that you say that. I mean, I think we're, we're living a similar life. I mean, the first thing I do when, when I wake up in the morning, potentially, is I go right to my phone and I check all my notifications to see yeah. what's been fired off, you know, who's responding back to a task that I yep. put out and trying to see, okay, did I have any new positive feedback on social media? Yep. And then I want to respond really quickly. And so I'm definitely with you. I mean, you got to, you know, the early bird gets the worm. I mean, definitely it's one of those opportunities for you to kind of get up, get things done. And in that first 30 minutes, you can get a lot done without being interrupted. So. Yeah. And, and it's the same here with me, you know, all the Stripe notifications of orders coming in, all the Zendesk tickets that are coming in and for people as well. It's, it's a priority that your customers are a priority, but uh, I have, you know, my entire phone screen, you know, packed with that, but you know, as soon as I wake up. So, I mean, you're a big automation guy. I mean, are you moving into the space of Alexa, Google dot? I mean, are you getting into that realm of voice commands? I'm not sure about that. Ha, I see <laughs> that, that your, your uh, Amazon echo turned on. Yep. So in the platform itself, we do have voice recognition and you can actually talk to the platform and say, create a campaign for me, navigate me to the library, or go to home, and things of that nature. And that's really going into a feature that you can see on our product page where we want to be the one-stop shop for all your marketing needs. So if you scroll all the way to the bottom, you can start seeing mock-ups of different approaches to the, the product itself where you're okay, actually- This is on hellowoofy.com, right? Just to make sure- It's so on hellowoofy.com and you just click on product. You can start seeing that we actually want to be that one-stop shop, not just for social media marketing, but all kinds of marketing and asset management, whether that's graphic design or the brief from a client, or you're doing paid advertising or paid marketing, or you're doing billboard advertising, whatever that may be. We want it to be super intuitive mm-hmm. and uh, and super data-driven or artificial intelligence driven. So you're, the Helix you see on the bottom right, if you click on it, mm-hmm. it'll actually allow you to ask questions and uh, give you nudges of things you can ask. Nice. Nice. What do you see your, yourself in 20 years from now? My 10-year goal is to build a school like Hogwarts, upstate New York, nice. that will allow people who are kids who are you know, kind of growing up in a similar way as I did, which was very much rebellious, very much want to get a head start early on, and very much art-driven or design-driven. Mm-hmm. I want to give them an ecosystem where they can actually flourish, they can work on ideas, they can get their education that they need. I would pay for that. And uh, as soon as they come up with anything that is, you know, uh, considered IP or something that could turn into a startup, I would be the first check and I'll allow them to get off to the races with uh, obviously the consent of their parents and uh, allow them to start building companies. And even if they fail, it'd be a lot Mm -hmm. more educational and the experience itself will go further than anything they could do just going to classes. Um, So that's my 10 year goal. 20, 30 year goal, probably somewhere around, you know, something to do with space. I'm very fascinated by, I think what happened in the night, you know, what are known as the 49ers, the the huge, massive gold rush to California. It kind of explains why California Silicon Valley became the hotbed of people who really took risks and set the foundation for the entire ecosystem for tech and innovation and things of that nature. Right. And that's because, you know, people just took a leap of faith, took the risk, and they just ventured out there and, you know, start doing whatever, you know, they had to to make ends meet. Now, the people who became successful weren't the ones who were looking for gold. It was the ones who were selling the picks, picks and the axes and the troubles and all that stuff, you know, as commodities to all the people who were rushing in. But that was Entrepreneurship 101 back then. I think the same thing is going to happen on the moon. I think the same thing is going to happen across our solar system. Because it's just too expensive to take resources from Earth and ship them to uh, orbit. We have to find resources in orbit or on other planets with no atmosphere or very little atmosphere in order to make anything viable in as a at least a solar system 
flourishing uh, civilization. Just to break that apart, in the first 10-year part, it's another guy that I interviewed on a show before this one, and his name was Mark, and he's a director of a STEM school. And I asked him similar questions that I'm asking you, and you know, one of his goals was to pretty much create a school based upon how much would it cost? So he went to investors and he was just talking, okay, so how much would it cost to create this school? Would it cost 50 million? Would it cost 5 million? Would it cost 3 million? And he's pretty much outlined the entire infrastructure for, for these schools based upon these different breaking points of capital to be raised. So he has a $10 million equity raise of what that would look like if he built the school. He has a $5 million. What would that look like? I think you two guys are probably on the same spectrum as far as developing a school. I mean, if you want to, I could definitely give him your contact and contact. I would love that. That would be great. Yeah, I think you guys are in the same space. And like you said, you can never know. I mean, 10 years from now, the reality of STEM schools are taking it to another, especially after this year, I think people are going to have a bigger appreciation for STEM schools than they ever had before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, anything we can do for the next generation or even the current generation is is incredibly important because think about it, the country's GDP and ability to innovate or their in general, the economy, people are very short-sighted and they think in the next two, three years or maybe in the next year itself, we can do things now and, you know, have a positive set uplift. But when you talk about the next generation taking over as senators, taking over as House of Representatives, mm-hmm. the next president, where do you think they're going to come from? Yeah. They were born 30 years ago, 40 years ago in some cases, right? So what were you doing as a society, as a civilization 40 years ago to set that person up to be able to do the things that they need to 40 years later? It's a very long-term strategy. Definitely, definitely. And about your 20-year, I mean, going to space, and obviously I think we share this as well too. I'm like really big into sci-fi, you know, whether we're talking about Star Trek, Star Wars, that's always going to be the yin and the yang, right? Yeah. The fact that you're thinking that far ahead. And just for our views to understand, I don't think it's really that far ahead. I mean, if you were saying this back in the 70s, it would have been kind of questionable to be like, I don't know, it probably be another 30, 40 years. But I think in our lifetime, we may potentially be able to see it, at least yeah. the dawn of what life in space would look like with us being. Yeah. yeah. I used to say, I don't know if I gave this example already, but I'm very inspired by Elon Musk. And mm-hmm. uh, people ask me you know, from a competitive standpoint, how do you compare your product with your competitors? And I always say, if you ask that question to Elon Musk with Tesla, he'll tell you uh, Chevy is not a competitor or okay. Ford is not a competitor. He is building a categorically new product. We are building a categorically new product from the ground up with the focus on his side. His focus is on energy and the availability or the openness of energy access, whether as batteries with the home uh, side of things, the solar panel side of things or the car side of things. Us, we're focused on the data science and making sure that is accessible to every small business owner that wants to compete with a Fortune 500 marketing team that has unlimited marketing budget. And he's going to tell you, yeah, Chevy, maybe in the same region, they have four wheels and a steering wheel, but they're not really a competitor. They're, you know, we're unique and built from the ground up. Chevy will obviously say they have four wheels and a, and a steering wheel. Of course, their Tesla is a competitor. That's only because they're trying to be competitive the best they came up with was the Chevy Bolt, which is a ha- kind of like mm-hmm. a half, not a really great product to compete with a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's funny that you bring it up. I mean, it's always the comparison. You know, people always think about Amazon, Amazon, Amazon used to sell books. And I'm like, well, look at Amazon's platform right now. I mean, they started off with books, but you never thought they would dive into 
delivery services. You never thought they would yeah. dive into groceries. You never thought they would dive into movies and they had their hands in all of them. I mean, even AWS, that's a major yeah. thing that you never would have even thought that Amazon would even have their foothold in and they're running the cloud. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because one of the things that we've been focusing on is building. So you saw the autocomplete as a service, which again, mm-hmm. for your viewers, if I'm typing in, you know, for example, I love, you know, I love you, which of course we again love you and the smell of, uh, let's just say coffee. There we go. It's auto-completing there. But then we decided, why don't we take this information or this capability, which is an API, and build it as an API that is auto-complete as a service for other companies. So now imagine AOL or Yahoo or any email provider, even the little ones who are, you know, a lot of white labeling, be able to give you the same or, you know, pretty competitive capabilities, I would say better than Gmail Smart Compose. Um, being able to use a autocomplete to complete your forms, your notes, your newsletters, and things of that nature. And so we just deployed a Google Chrome extension, but soon in a couple of months, you'd be able to type or rather autocomplete anything on the internet. So think Grammarly 2.0. What that means is Grammarly will autocomplete or autocorrect what you type, but that's based on your biases, your experience, your level of education, mm-hmm. how you, your tone, things of that nature. But we're not giving you by the end of the year, over half a billion data points to be able to programmatically get suggestions of the next best word. And on top of that, the best emojis that will most likely drive uplift and engagement or engagement more than if you just have plain text. So if I'm getting you correctly, I mean, another area of expertise that this could potentially run into is, I guess, transcriptions, right? So we're recording audio and when you're recording something versus writing something, it's two different things, right? So if you're yeah. recording it and it's transcribing it, then you could potentially have the AI rewrite what you said verbally and transcribe it in the correct fashion that you wanted to moving forward. I'm so glad you said that. We're, uh, I have not announced this anywhere, but uh, we will actually be supporting audio and video upload to give you quote recommendations based on that as well. So right now, if you nice. take an article, uh, it has to be an article. It can be adobe.com. It has to be an article on their blog or your blog or whatnot, if you paste it in here, what you'll notice immediately is that the uh, artificial intelligence is reading the article behind the scenes and giving you quote recommendations based off the article itself. These hashtags are being recommended based on what it found in the article itself. Hmm. But soon, very soon, uh, in, in a couple of months, you'll be able to see audio and video transcriptions. So if you upload a YouTube link or whatnot, we'll quickly analyze it for you and give you quote recommendations based off the transcription as well. That's yeah. the whole thing. That's sexy. That's definitely sexy. Just to, to recap, I mean, some of our viewers are probably just going to be audio only. So what, what he just did was he, essentially he took a link from a blog post and he put it into creating a new post on Hello Wolfie. And just by doing that, then the AI went out to the blog post, read everything in that blog post and came back with quote suggestions and came back with emojis and, and other things that they suggest you should add before you make the post, which is a beautiful thing. And a lot of times you're trying to figure out, you know, what should I post? Uh, I got three different articles and I need just one part from this article. I just need this one quote from here. So essentially this gives you opportunity to kind of source information really quickly, make it hundred percent original and set it up to post whenever you want. Yep. Or you can just add it to your uh, library and have it saved for another time. But the point of the matter is that you should be focusing on storytelling, mm-hmm. on your ability to be creative. And that is how you should be judged in the world of advertising, in the world of marketing, in the world of business, oper- you know, in general in business. You should not be judged on how much grunt work you can do, how many you know, words you can type versus someone else that you know, has a team of 100 people working for them mm-hmm. or even five people working for them. You should be judged on your ability to output great 
content. <laughs> oh, and I didn't even mention this. We're putting this on steroids, and in about two weeks, we're going to be allowing you to do this, which is auto-completing entire articles, blog posts, word, you know, uh, um, uh, white papers, and whatnot. You know, there could be thousands of words. But we'll allow you to auto-complete that and you know reduce the grunt work by twenty percent at least, and give you emoji recommendations and things of that nature. That's going to open up a whole new world of long-form content marketing, which is coming back, is definitely taking off. Yeah, I mean, it gives you opportunity. I mean, I can see somebody using this to probably develop books as well, too. I mean, if you do exactly. 20 articles, yep. you know, each article is 3,000 words, and you times that by you know the number, then you can easily have an ebook overnight. Yep, you tap-tab your way through. Um, of course, you don't want to type the entire book using the engine. If you want to add your own tone, you want to add your yeah. own DNA into the text itself. But this is assistive. This is very much about assisting you. Got it. Yeah, definitely. It's a great tool. So, I mean, speaking of tools, I mean, what tool do you use that you would not be able to run your business without today? Oh my God, Calendly. All of our schedules are done uh, on our website through Calendly, you know, automatically sending out uh, email notifications or an email invites with the right, you mm-hmm. know, the little hangout set up all, automatically. I have every single day pretty much uh, packed with client calls or investor calls and things of that nature. Um, obviously, we use our own product. If you take a look at our calendar, we use it pretty extensively in terms of you know, last month you can see we've been promoting our crowdfunding campaign where people can invest in the company for as low as $100. Um, and so we've been talking about the benefits of doing that. Um, we uh, also, I would say we use Zoom a lot. We use something called StreamYard for all our content uh, for uh, the podcast or the show called Content Masters. I also want to say we use Facebook groups in a very unique way to actually talk to our customers of course, anyone who's on your on your audience can join our Facebook group and talk to us directly about what is working, what isn't working, what features should be added. It's our own private community of, you know, obviously passionate individuals who are telling us what they want and we build it for them. Uh, Facebook uh, Facebook groups have been have been very helpful as well. Of course, I have the Stripe uh, Stripe app directly on my phone. I have the Zendesk app directly on my phone as well. So as soon as I get uh, tickets, I get the notification here. I respond immediately. As soon as I get a sale or, you know, a sale comes through, I get a notification here as well. WordPress is really great and, and WooCommerce is really great for, you know, getting all of your financial backend transactions done. There are, of course, different hacks we can talk about perhaps another time, but uh, making sure that you are using a tool like WordPress to build out your business. Don't do anything custom entirely from the ground up. WordPress is standalone. It's out of the box. It has the plugins. It has WooCommerce to get your business off the road. You know, I would say we spend maybe a couple hundred dollars on the landing page for the lifetime deal. We're giving the product literally away for 49 bucks for lifetime. We spend a couple hundred dollars and we've made well over, I would say, twenty-two, $23,000 on that. And that was because it was a WordPress page. The plugins were available. We had to do very little in customization and we were off to your races. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting some uh, tools and on that on that nature, but uh, we can probably do another session just on tools. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you probably got like a little, you know, everybody that is in this space probably has like a little notepad or a little document or an app somewhere that they just keep adding to the list yeah. and keep adding to the queue. Yeah, us like Slack, you know, great for managing, uh, you know, communications as well. Got it. Got it. So what final words of wisdom do you have for anybody following in your footsteps coming up as an entrepreneur and a business owner and a founder? Uh, what would yeah. you say to them? Have a huge appetite for success. Be hungry. Hmm. Because if you get content very easily, you won't push yourself to the limits and even go beyond the limits and actually see how far you can go because then you know how far you can go truly. 
surround yourself with people who have scars, not physically, but actually <laughs> can show for themselves that they understand what it's like to be in the trenches. I find it hilarious when uh, we're talking to investment firms and the associate or the partner or uh, you know the analyst has never built a company in their life. That conversation ends immediately. In fact, I t- I'll tell them to their face, quit your job and go build a company and don't talk to a founder that's building a company until you've done exactly that, found a company. It's like the conversation you can expect between a developer and a non-developer. The non-developer hasn't even spent an hour learning about coding, taking an introductory free course, just looked at a book, understanding how the architecture, you are not respecting the art of the other individual across mm-hmm. the table. So do that. Make sure you do that for yourself. And I think those are some examples of words of wisdom that I would give to people who are looking to build a company. It's a 24-7 hustle. You sleep, of course, but it's a 24-7 hustle. Whether you're sleeping and you're thinking about it in your brain, you're fresh up in the morning. You have to know exactly what you're going to do, ABC. Have everything scheduled and organized. Otherwise, the worst thing is when you're not organized, you're wasting time. It's not only grunt work, but you're spinning your wheels and someone else is getting ahead. You want to get ahead. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely some solid words of advice. Uh, and I think anybody, you know, whether they want to be an entrepreneur or whether they're running a small business, I think just the fruits of your labor of what you're executing today, they can kind of see where they can possibly be if they just stick to it. Uh, What was your most significant achievement today? Finding a person that I can say is my girlfriend that puts up with me, but most importantly has a similar background and can understand she's been in the trenches uh, her life and trying to make it as well. uh, And now making it as a successful recruiter technical recruiter, um, I would say that is one of my successes on a personal level, on a professional Mm -hmm. level, getting a company off the ground that has nearly died. I've lost crown how many times, but now we're on our way to, you know, the, uh, I guess the promised land, if you will, or on Mm -hmm. our way up, you know, and on the sales side, on the technology side, on the customer side, on the investment side, it was all worth it. But there were definitely moments where the average person would have given up, Um, which is fine because there's a reason why, the 1% exists, mm. what the 10% exists, what the 5% exists. There's a reason for that. Nature just has a way of self-correcting every couple of, you know, every so often, um, whether that's economical. And we're not talking people who have inherited wealth. We're talking mm. about people who have worked their A asterisk asterisk off to get there. And so there's always a natural way to do that. So I think my company and I think uh, on a personal level, my girlfriend as well. And we're, but we're both, we're all trying to make it in New York. You know, we live in a great place right now, but uh, you know, we're always trying to find the next big thing. Maybe the next person we want to help. Um, we actually just gave away almost a hundred licenses for free to restaurants, gyms, uh, hotels for partnership with AppSumo and partner program. Mm-hmm. You want to be in a position to give away product. And, you know, your success as well. Once you've achieved success, share a little bit of it with other people who are looking for it as well and could desperately use your help. So in that spirit of that, if you need help, if you want to reach out, Arjun, A-R-J-U-N at HelloWoofy.com will get you to me. And of course, I'm sure you're open to mentoring people as well. Reach out, make the ask. That's the only way you can get ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't be here right now if I didn't ask you and then they didn't accept, right? And I mean, I think right. we're, we're living examples of that pure fact of the fear. And I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people, they get that fear and they swallow it. And it's like, oh, should I? And they start stuttering and they start second guessing themselves. And I'm just like, the time it took you to do that, just do it. And then the results are going to happen if you just commit to it. Yes. This is one of my bonus questions for you, right? I mean, 
out of these five particular words that I'm going to say to you, which one would you say is your top three, right? Passion, vision, belief, fearlessness, and perseverance. Vision. Someone once said, I can't remember who said this, vision is a dream with a plan. And a dream is just a dream. You may or may not ever go after it. But a vision is a dream with a plan in that with respect to, you know, it kind of where you want to go. You have somewhat of a blueprint. You have some of a set of, you know, wireframes and user flows, whether that's on the product side or on how you want to build a business and things of that nature. But if you have that, that dream will definitely, you know, has a much higher chance of becoming a reality. If you just have a dream, that's all it's going to be as a dream, but a vision is a dream with a plan. Um, the other things are, are important too, but you want to know what you're doing and where you're going before, you know, you can put passion behind it or you can put perseverance behind it or mm. any of the other words you mentioned, which are all important, but uh, vision is definitely, definitely important. And then of course, Steve Jobs said, connect the dots looking back. Once your plan is going to change, you're going to have new influences coming in. You're going to have to pivot. You're going to have to contour your strategies But that plan. You can look back and say, that made sense. That change made sense. It didn't make sense at the moment, but it makes sense looking back. Wow. Wow, that's definitely a, a powerful viewpoint and powerful statement. Um, a final bonus question for you, and I always like asking this question because I know that every single person that I would ask essentially would have a different answer or if they sure. have the same person, their reason why would be completely different. Sure. So if you could spend 24 hours in one day with anybody, dead or alive, uninterrupted, who would it be and why? I would really want to talk to Tesla, Nikola Tesla. He was... One of the most fascinating futuristic people, and uh, you know, unfortunately, society didn't treat him well. Civilization didn't understand how far ahead he was. And I don't want to say we're similar, but you know, with my last company, we were building products that were way too ahead of their time. You know, we're building product right now that is definitely ahead of all of our so-called competitors and and whatnot. You know, everything he was doing from global energy, electricity over the air to, you know, the inventions he built, uh, the conspiracy. I love conspiracy theories. You know, some of his inventions being taken uh, out of national interest. There's just a lot of uh, interesting stories that come out of his biography and his life. And he was very perseverant. He did not care about other, you know, what other people thought. He built mm-hmm. his own, he designed his own things. And he had a lot of competition. I mean, you know, Edison gave him a lot of competition, but uh, he followed his own path and he made things work no matter what. He was definitely from the future. Yeah. I think we're a better society and a civilization because of his inventions. Yeah, he's definitely a time traveler for sure. I think him and Einstein definitely kind of, they've reincarnated themselves a couple of times, right? And went back in time. And the funny thing is, we're all from the New Jersey, New York area, Um, you know, know. Albert Einstein, you know, Princeton, uh, Edison, uh, you know, had his own shop set up in New Jersey as well. And Nikola Tesla, I mean, his final days were in New York. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And for it to be such a small city as far as a, a square footage footprint. Yeah. It's a major heart, man. Yeah. Major heart. So, I mean, where could people find you? I mean, I think you gave somebody your email address earlier, but I mean, what's your yeah. Facebook, Instagram, your website? Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say is just go to our website and on the bottom you can see our email or rather my email, okay. which is uh, located right here. Uh, you can email okay. us on arjun at hellowoofy.com. All of our socials will get you to me as well. You can click on any of them and send us a message there or just Google me, uh, Arjun Rai, A-R-J-U-N, 
RAI, and you'll find all my website, all my email, all my contact information there. We really make it easy for you to be able to reach out to us. Got it. Got it. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking out the time. I mean, it was, you know, we got on the call twice this week. So, I mean, you know, the fact that you took essentially a couple hours out at your busy schedule, I definitely appreciate that. And I think you gave our viewers a hell of a viewpoint and a hell of things to look forward to coming from you and coming from your company moving forward. I want to say thank you for your time for putting up with this. I hope the interview was helpful and your audience will get something out of it. But most importantly, you know, make sure that you reach out, make the ask and uh, start now. Don't wait. Start now because this is the time and this is when when it's going to uh, really matter in the long term. Got it, man. Well, I definitely appreciate it. At the end of most of my podcasts, what I usually do is kind of like do like after like a five minute after where you as the interviewee becomes the interviewer. So if you have any questions that you want to ask me per se, then I'll just kind of respond and answer them. So I don't know if you have anything, but you know. Yeah. And this is actually going off when I do my show and uh, I ask questions like, you know, what is your favorite emoji? So obviously we're tracking emoji usage across the world in real time. If you had to choose from these emojis, which one would be your favorite? I'm looking for the one that I love the most I'm looking for right now would be the exploding head. And that's always the one that I like to use or the thought with the finger coming to his eyes. Sure, 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 sure. Right, those so are, those, those are like, like usually biggest ones that I like I'll use like in my posts in general. Like, and if I'm doing ads, obviously the finger pointing, right? You want to point sure. to give people directions on what you want them to click on and what's the most yeah. important thing versus using bullet points. So who's your mentor or someone you you look up to uh, for inspiration? Oh man, it, it's when I look back at life, I mean, it's, it's so many different ones. I think Einstein is definitely somebody that I look to as far as being an inspiration just because of the, his hurdles that he has overcome. And I always try to get people to understand like this guy was doing what he was doing during the World War, okay? And yeah. he was Jewish. So I want you to think about that. He was going against the grain. On top of that, he was being ridiculed on top of that as a kid, he was looked at as like, you know, a dumb dog because he was just way above and beyond everybody else. So just yeah. looking like, you know, how you were talking about Tesla, that's the way I look at Einstein. Favorite song or book? Uh, favorite song, I would think, well, my favorite song video wise, it's um, Turned Down For What? Um, yeah. And just that video, I mean, the entire song is the same lyrics over and over again. But if you look at, like you said, it's telling a story and you see that story with the guy on the rooftop and he's infected with something and you're not sure what he's infected with. Right. And then he kind of breaks through the floor and then he's he yeah. thing, and then they break through the floor and it just keeps compounding and keep compounding. But it really yeah. the message behind that is just whatever positive message that you have, you have to deliver it. And it's not about holding it in. It's about spreading it. And that's the way I look at that video. And every time I see it and I hear it, that's what I feel. For me, it's uh, The uh, Empire State of Mind with Alicia oh, yeah. Keys by herself. Nice. And uh, I, always, uh, I always get tears in my eyes when I listen to it because that's been the story of my entire life. Well, those are just some of the questions I usually ask on my show. Um, but uh, again, thank you so much for your time. And it was a pleasure talking to you. And again, hopefully this will help uh, you know, at least one person out there. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't think this is this will be the end of our relationship. I mean, I think definitely I could you know give you some insight of things that as I'm using your software and I've been using your software for a period of time right now to just kind of give you insights of how I use it and you know kind of just keep working back and forth and any way I could help yeah. you guys you know move forward in that space, I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, awesome. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too. Bye bye. All right, bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to become an uncaged trailblazer. If this podcast helped you, please email me about it. Submit additional questions you would love to hear me ask our guests. 
and or drop me your thoughts at asksagrant.com. Post comments, share, hit subscribe, and remember, to become a boss on Cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boss Uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful book, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.sagrant.com slash boss uncaged.